amazed how the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, orchestrates the music to go along with the message. Tonight's message is on assurance of salvation, and uh, it is well with my soul. Uh, God is so good to us. He is such a wonderful Savior. And uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2 is where I'm at, and uh, I won't be long. I have a, a, a short message that has a long impact. And uh, it is something that uh, we can rejoice over that uh, the Lord wants us to know for sure that we're saved. First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 13 tells us that uh, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life and that believing you might believe in the only begotten Son of God. And so here, as we look at the scriptures tonight, we're going to look at a number of scriptures. Uh, and that is really where... The truth comes from, it doesn't come from my speech, it doesn't come from my mind, uh, it comes from the Word of God, and uh, God uses the Word of God to instruct us, encourage us, and to guide us. And so, as we look at the Bible tonight, I trust that uh, you'll have an open heart, and uh, if you have been having doubts about your salvation, uh, you need to nail it down tonight. You need to uh, realize that it is well with your soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, that uh, you don't want us to live a life of anxiety, a life of doubt, but that you want us to be sure that we are your child. And your word is where we get that surety, where we get that uh, satisfaction of mind that uh, we know that you're, we're in your family. Lord, help us to trust your word as we look at it tonight. Help it, Lord, to seal in our hearts our love for you, and uh, to know that we are accepted in the beloved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 is going to tell us about what we were before salvation and how that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And then it's going to tell us how we became alive in, because of what Jesus has done for us. Uh, the first verse, chapter 2, verse number 1, says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And uh, to get down to the, to the basics of what we're talking about, John chapter 5 and verse 24 tells us basically uh, what you did when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Uh, John chapter number 5 and verse number 24 says this. Some very basic things about salvation. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. It's talking about the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've heard that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. You've heard that he was buried, and you heard that he rose again from the dead. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And he says that you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Who sent Jesus to die on that cross? God, God did. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should, might not perish, but have everlasting life. And so here, uh, John 5.24 reminds us of that. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So here, uh, the Apostle Paul, 
in Ephesians and the Apostle John in the book of John wants you to know and have a sure confidence in the fact that you have everlasting life. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have accepted him as your Savior, you have everlasting life. And so it goes on in, John, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. And so he's going to describe what we were before we uh, were quickened, before we accepted Jesus as our Savior, before we were made alive, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And that's what he's describing here in verse number 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The children of disobedience are the lost, those that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't want anything to do with God. Uh, they are the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so here's a description of you and me. Uh, before you were saved, you were lost. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. Uh, you were not quickened. You were, you were dead, totally dead, separated from God. And the next verse is going to have a big, wonderful, but God. God stepped in. Uh, you, according to John chapter 5 and verse 24, heard the message. And you responded to that message, and this is what happened when you did. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10, uh, a very basic scripture verse that helps us to understand what we're talking about, our salvation. In Romans chapter 10, in verse number 12 and 13, uh, Romans 10, 12, and 13. It says this, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. And you know, in the day that Paul wrote this book, there was a big uh, difference between the Jew and the Gentile. You know, the Jews were God's chosen people, and the Jews looked down their nose at the Gentiles. Uh, but Paul here is reminding these uh, Roman Christians that some of them were Jews that accepted Jesus as their Savior, and some of them were Gentiles that accepted Jesus as their Savior, that because of what Jesus did for them, uh, they no more, they are no longer enemies. Uh, the, he says that the gospel is for both of them, for the, for the Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, whether you're an American, whether you're an Italian, whether you're a German. Uh, God is rich up to, to give salvation to all that call upon him. And verse number 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Assurance verse, you will be saved if you call on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard the message, you've accepted the message, and you respond to the message. Uh, Lord, I am a sinner. Please save me. Forgive me of my sin. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And Ephesians goes on. Uh, this wonderful description of God's grace, his love. Uh, he loved us so much that verse number five, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And it, in parentheses, says, by grace you're saved. Uh, it's God's grace that allowed you to be saved. Uh, grace is something, something that God has given you that you don't deserve. And so we don't deserve salvation. 
but because of his wonderful love, his great compassion, uh, even when we were dead in our sins, once we accepted the message, we were quickened, we were made alive, and uh, we are quickened together with Christ, just like uh, it's alluding to the fact that Christ died on the cross and he was in the grave, and he, was, he resurrected from the grave, he was quickened, he was made alive, came out of the grave, and the same thing that Jesus did in his resurrection, that same thing happens to us spiritually uh, when we accept Jesus as our Savior. We have been quickened. We've been made alive, spiritually made alive. Uh, we've been quickened. And verse number six says, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, looking to the future, talking about the fact that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. You have a home in heaven. First Peter tells us that we have, uh, because of Christ's resurrection, we've accepted the message. Bec the same way he was resurrected, uh, we will be resurrected one day. And we are going to an inheritance that is uh, incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Another assurance verse, that you've accepted Jesus. Hey, guess what? You have a home in heaven. And that's what it's talking about there in verse number six, where he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And now he's going to uh, start rejoicing about our salvation, what's going to happen when we get to heaven. And verse number seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. If you could lose your salvation, he would not be able to be rejoicing in this way uh, because in God's mind, you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you are going to not only uh, be in heaven with him, but you're going to be at this rejoicing when God shows his wonderful kindness toward you and toward me in that uh, he allowed us to be saved. Uh, he didn't have to do that. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. God could have just walked away from us and said, hey, you just, you, you, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, and uh, you, you will get your just desserts. Well, he didn't do that. He said, hey, I, I, I see you're a dirty, rotten sinner, but I love you so much that I want you to accept your, my son as your savior. And when you do that, uh, he is guaranteed to give you eternal life. And he says here that uh, in the uh, ages to come, he will show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so here, as we think of our salvation, uh, we think of uh, the, the fact that we, we need to know for sure that we're saved. we got to trust what the Bible says. And the Bible tells us that uh, we're saved by grace. We haven't earned our salvation. There's no way we can work our way to heaven. It says that uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's totally by grace. You're saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that we, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh by hands, that at this time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And all that's talking about is the difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The Jew 
had the promises of God. The Jews had God's blessing. The Jews were God's chosen people. We Gentiles had no promises. We had no hope. We had no future until Jesus came and we accepted him as our Savior. In fact, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that uh, we should be praising God to praise to the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So because of what Christ did, we accept him as our Savior. We're accepted in the beloved. We're accepted by God. We're adopted into his family. And verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off, talking about us who were lost, were sometimes afar off. You could not get close to God because of your sin. Uh, are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us, talking about the Jew and the Gentile. Uh, we have peace with the Jew and the, the Jew and the Gentile, have peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to say in this passage that he has taken the Jew and the Gentile uh, because of what Jesus has done for both of them. We both are saved, who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, and he's building the church. Uh, we are the church. And so uh, God wants us to realize that we're in his family, that we're accepted in the beloved. And uh, uh, verse number 17 reminds us that uh, Jesus came and preached peace unto you which were afar off and to them that were nigh, talking about the Gentiles who were far off and the Jews who were nigh, that both of them, he preached peace to them. And uh, uh, through him, through Jesus, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. It's talking about Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. Uh, we're built on him. We've accepted him as our savior. Uh, we've been accepted in the beloved, and God will never cast us out. And uh, uh, there's a number of verses throughout the New Testament that remind us of this. And I'm going to go through some of those verses and uh, just to remind us that are saved and uh, uh, know that we're on our way to heaven uh, to be rejoicing in what God has done. And for those that have doubts, uh, these verses are meant for you to trust God's word, not to trust your feelings, uh, not to trust your um, uh, fantasies, uh, not to get discouraged because you uh, have accepted Jesus as your Savior and you sin and Satan uh, uh, constantly accuses you because of your sin. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about that, especially in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's in relation to maintaining our fellowship with God, that God wants you to confess your sin so you can be in fellowship with him. Don't allow Satan to uh, discourage you by accusing you. Uh, if you have sinned and uh, the Holy Spirit's convicting you, you realize you've done wrong. You need to just say, Lord, forgive me. Confess that sin to him, and he will forgive you. He is a God of mercy, grace, and compassion, and he wants you to have fellowship with him and to know without a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. Now, let's look at some of these Bible verses that throughout the New Testament that remind us and want us to have assurance of salvation, to know for sure that we have, are in the family of God. In John chapter 10, uh, some classic, wonderful passages that uh, would do you do good to memorize if you are having doubts about your salvation. You know, the word of God is what we depend on. 
uh, the word of God is what gives us that assurance. The word of God is what we need to put our trust in. In John chapter 10, verse 28, is a, chapter 28 and 29 are wonderful passages of scripture that will help us realize that we are never going to lose our salvation. God will never cast us out. In John chapter 10, verse 28, he says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And he's talking about his sheep. You are his sheep once you accept Jesus as your Savior. Uh, Verse number 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So it's a, a, a double uh, guarantee. Uh, you are one of Jesus' sheep. He's the good shepherd. You are in Jesus' hand. Uh, no man can pluck you out of Jesus' hand. But to add emphasis to that and encouragement for you to trust God and realize, hey, <laughs> I'm one of his children. He's never going to cast me out. Not only are you in Jesus' hand, but he says, God, who my father is greater than all, uh, he says that uh, they can't pluck them out of my father's hand. So uh, you are in Jesus' hand. You're in God's hand. And nobody is going to pluck you out of the Father's hand. And he says, I and my Father are one. We will never cast you out. You're my child forever and ever and ever. Another wonderful passage. Turn with me to John 6, 37 through 40. John 6, 37 through 40. Again, these are to encourage you to realize, hey... (laughs) I am a child of God based on what the Bible says, and I have listened and believed what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. John 6, 37 says this, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son, in other words, they hear the gospel, they see he died on the cross for their sin, he sees that they were buried and rose again from the dead, uh, they believe in that truth, and believeth on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. A wonderful passage on assurance. Memorize that passage. Memorize at least verse number 40. And remind yourself on a daily basis. that And this, this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Another beautiful passage is John chapter 5 verse 24. And you notice John has a lot to say about Uh, your relationship with the Lord because John the Apostle was the beloved Apostle. He was the one that was the closest to the Lord Jesus. He is the one that uh, whenever the uh, other Apostles wanted to ask something to Jesus many times it said they asked John and then he would ask Jesus. And so he had a real close relationship with Jesus. Uh, He had assurance of being accepted by the Lord Jesus and he wants us to have that as well. John chapter 5 and verse number 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life 
and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So a great promise. Romans chapter 8 and verse 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Again, uh, uh, this one is the Apostle Paul, who is the Apostle to the Gentiles. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this. For I am persuaded. Now he's talking about salvation. Uh, he, verse, we'll start in, 30, in verse number 35. Uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And that verse has reference to the fact that Paul is reminding of the believer that you're submitted to God. And uh, your, your life is in his hands. Whether you live or die, you're going to serve God. And he goes on and he says this about the love of God. Uh, he says that, um, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The love of God is in Christ Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so here, another wonderful passage on assurance that uh, you cling to, that uh, God says through the Apostle Paul, through the leading of the Spirit as he addresses this letter to the Roman Christians, hey, don't doubt your salvation. Uh, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Just what John said, that you're in Jesus' hand, Jesus is in God's hand, and uh, nobody's going to separate you from him. Another wonderful passage is 1 Peter chapter number 1. And this one, uh, I, I regularly um, tell my independent living at the nursing home uh, this particular passage of scripture. And uh, I want to thank the college students for coming. Um, my the ladies that come to the Bible study on Thursdays, and a lot of them come to the service on Sunday. Every Sunday afternoon at 4, we have a service. And uh, the, the, all summer, they've been uh, moaning and groaning, oh, when are the college kids coming back? When are the college kids coming back? Because they're tired of hearing me sing without a piano and uh, no music. And uh, they really rejoice when the college kids come back and they sing for them. And that today was a real blessing. I want to thank the college kids for doing that. It's a real blessing and encouragement. And uh, so this passage of scripture I have repeated quite a few times in our Bible study uh, because it's such a wonderful, wonderful passage in 1 Peter uh, reminding us uh, that uh, because of what Jesus did, we have a, a wonderful inheritance. Uh, starting in verse number um, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And remember John 3.16, God the Father sent the Son. Uh, it says that uh, uh, which according to his abundant mercy, God the Father's abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. That means uh, begotten us again. That's the same word or same uh, idea that we read in the beginning of Ephesians chapter 2 where he quickened us. Uh, he's made us alive. He's given us a lively, a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it goes on and says, to an inheritance. Because of what Jesus, he rose from the dead, we're going to raise from the dead. We are going to be quickened, made alive. We have a living hope, Jesus Christ, that went before us. And he's giving us an inheritance. 
incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. And verse number five is the assurance part of this verse that you are kept, who are kept, you know you, you, your inheritance is reserved and it will never be given away. Uh, it's kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It's ready for you. Uh, when the last time, when you breathe your last breath, you're going to be taken into glory and uh, your reservation is there. <laughs> and you're not going to have to worry about losing your reservation uh, because it's an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away. A wonderful verse on assurance. You are not going to lose your inheritance because you're one of his children. And uh, uh, maybe one or two more. Uh, as I, I think I've, I've made my point, but uh, it's an encouragement to hear what God says. Not what man says, but what God says. And you need to trust what God says. And so in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, back to Ephesians real quick. Uh, let's get going in the right direction. There we go. Ephesians chapter number 1 and uh, verse number 13. Uh, talking about the Lord Jesus, and, and um, uh, we'll start in verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Talking about those that are saved, you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, God has sealed you. Uh, he has marked you, so to speak, uh, sealed you so that uh, uh, you will not lose your salvation. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 8, we've read this already, but it's for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He gives you this gift of salvation, uh, and it can't be given back. It's a gift, and you have eternal life because of it. Uh, uh, Ephesians reminds us of that. And then First uh, John, turn with me to First John and I'll be finished. First John uh, chapter number three uh, reminds us also of our great salvation that we have and a guarantee of heaven. Um, uh, First John chapter five, I'm sorry, First John chapter five and uh, uh, verse number 13. Um, maybe we could uh, start in verse 11. Beloved, he's addressing the saved uh, as I'm addressing the saved. Uh, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby do we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And so here uh, we're reminded of the love that God has given us as we love one another. You know that uh, the, those that uh, don't know Jesus Christ don't have the kind of love that we have for one another. That uh, as brethren, as uh, fellow believers, uh, we love one another as a reflection of our salvation. And uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13, that uh, uh, starts in verse number 12. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And so it's describing 
He that hath the Son are those that have accepted the message, who have seen Jesus and accepted him as their Savior, and he will never uh, reject you. Verse 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And then uh, John says one more thing to us in John chapter 10 and verse um, John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31. Again, John has a lot to say to Christians to give them assurance of salvation so they can know for sure, so they can not worry about uh, their relationship with the Lord, so they can focus their attention on serving God and living for him. And uh, John chapter 20 and verse 30, it says this, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Uh, John has recorded many, many uh, different miracles that are recorded in the book of John. Uh, but he says in verse 31, But these are written, the ones that he did record, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So Jesus wants you to know for sure that you have life through his name. That's eternal life. That's a a life that is um, uh, dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. He uh, desires us to be a peculiar people, a people that are zealous of good works, and those good works spring out of our salvation. Uh, We trust the word of God. He says, don't doubt the word of God because he wants you to have assurance of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the assurance we have based on your word, not on anything that I say, Lord, but based on your word in in so many places that you want believers to have a heart that is dedicated to you because they know they are your servants, they are your children, Uh, they are living their life for you. And Lord, help each one of us, Father, to desire to serve you with all of our heart and soul and mind. And we pray that uh, if there's anybody here today that uh, doesn't know for sure that they're on their way to heaven, that they will talk to somebody tonight. They'll talk to me or, or to any of the other uh, folks here at, uh, at Crossroads, any of the deacons, uh, that they would get that settled tonight. And Lord, we thank you for the hope we have in Jesus Christ and uh, for the uh, home in heaven that we're going to enjoy one day. But in the meantime, thank you for walking with us being with us, your very present help, not only in trouble, but uh, even when we're being blessed. And we thank you for your help and your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.